do we have good reasons to believe that God exists, that Jesus raised from the dead, that Jesus is the Son of God? What are our reasons to, to believe that? And so um, I feel like that um, when someone has walked through that, then their faith, they're much more confident in their faith. Hey, you're listening to the Follower of One podcast. We want our faith to matter full time, whatever we're doing, but especially at work. Here's today's podcast. Hey, everyone, it's Mike Henry with Follower of One. And today our podcast guest is Mark Tedford with Tedford Insurance. Mark, tell everybody hi. Hi, how is everyone doing today? So thanks so much for doing this recording, Mark. Would you tell people a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, born and raised, uh, uh, I say born in Louisiana, raised in Oklahoma, Tulsa, Oklahoma. I've been here a long time since I was um, seven years old. Um, um, in insurance, uh, we own a, a Tedford Insurance in uh, home offices in Jinx. It's a um, second generation uh, business. My dad started it and I... Um, um, took it over and he passed away in uh, early 2000s. And so it's a, it's a business has been good to me. Um, so I've got um, married, have uh, four kids uh, entering into kind of empty nest phase of life. Uh, now I've got uh, one graduated from college and three in college. Wow. So that's, uh, uh, and that's one still living at home. We got one at TCC uh, who is looking at moving to Florida this fall, if the college opens in Florida in yeah. fall, we'll be going there. And so we'll really be empty nesters at that point. So new stage of life um, for me. Yeah, that's interesting. So, um, and it's commercial insurance for the most part, correct? Say that again. What commercial insurance for the most part? Yeah, commercial insurance. I mean, we're an independent insurance agency. So we deal with a lot of different companies. Um, we're all lined. So uh, we write group benefits, commercial property and casualty insurance. We write home and auto. Um, we do uh, surety bonds and um, life insurance as well. My expertise, my specialty is more in the commercial insurance side of things. And our agency is primarily commercial property and casualty, but we do the other lines as well. We have guys that will specialize in um, like home and auto or life cool. or um, that type of thing, but the, the bulk of our agents will be specializing in commercial PNC. Very cool. Now you and I met a while back because we have this common passion for doing stuff with our faith in the business world. Yes. You tell people about how you first got involved with trying to live your faith in the workplace. So I started, um, I had, I, Gone to Bible. I went to the going back. I had a Bible study that I went to that talked about you know finding your um, place in the body of Christ and that type of where you're supposed to be. And um, most business people um, have this feeling that their place is just in their giving, that their role is just to go out and um, make money and give into the kingdom, and that's it. So I take a spiritual gift assessment and it like giving was like at the bottom. And so I, that made me kind of think, well, hmm, what, what should I be doing? And, and going through this process, it kind of hit me, Hey, I kind of like learning things, teaching things, you know, that type of thing. Maybe it's not, you know, just giving, maybe it's something else. I went, I, I went to Biola university to get um, a degree in apologetics around that time I started 
relearning about apologetics, more really liking it. But while I was there, um, there was a, a Dr. Scott Ray that I had met and I read some of his material and he was talking about integrating faith and business. He, um, mm-hmm. he had written several books on it and some of the material that he read was really new and kind of um, exciting for me. So I kind of got into this phrase that place where, no, our, our ministry is our, our business is our ministry. And then we, we can integrate our faith there. It's, it's not, there's no, um, bifurcation between our Christian life and our work life, that it's all integrated and we should be living out our Christianity at work. And so, yeah, that's kind of where I first, um, got exposed to the material probably about 2010, about 10 years yeah. ago. Well, that's interesting. And then you and I met, we met through, uh, uh, crew, what used to be yeah. executive ministries and, I can't even remember all the different things they've called. It's now Leader Impact. You still run a you you lead a group for them, don't you? Still? I do. I lead a um, a breakfast every let's see the second and fourth Wednesday of every month. Uh, it's a Leader Impact breakfast. Yes. Yeah, and you're involved in several other ministries. There are, there are a few of them. Why don't you talk about a couple of those, like Faith and Business? You you support faith and business, right? So I'm one of the sponsors of a group called Faith and Business, uh, which meets the first Wednesday as a breakfast of every month, where there's a speaker that comes in and kind of tells, gives their testimony. Um, also, we invite in a, a local nonprofit to talk about what they're doing. Um, that uh, is specifically designed for Christians to come and be um, encouraged um, to integrate faith and business. Um, which is very cool. Most of the speakers we have have done exactly that. They're business people who also, you know, have integrated their ministry into their business. Um, so faith and business is something I'm involved in. I'm uh, on the board of a group called Oklahoma Apologetics Alliance, uh, which is goal is to support apologetics uh, in the Oklahoma area. Uh, we've got um, a Facebook site that we have content um, that we post there. And then also we're a supporter of uh, Dr. Everett Piper and his um, radio program on the brew in Altmulgee. Um, yeah. It's kind of one of the ministries that the OAA supports. Oh, um, very cool. Is, uh, exciting. Uh, you may not know, but he had tried to, uh, you, a lot of people followed him. I think it was Karen G, the Pat Campbell show. And he tried to get his own show after he, um, retired from uh, being a president of Oklahoma Westland and they wouldn't give him a show. And so um, they said he was too, um, too right wing, too religious for what uh-huh. they wanted. And so he went down to um, Okmulgee, uh, again, station the brew and, and uh, doing very well down there, I think. And so I, we kind cool. of, and I had told him that we would support his show if he got his own show. And it took a while to come about, but it, it's come about now. And that's an, Oklahoma Apologetics Alliance thing. Oh, very cool. Yeah, we hadn't even talked about that. That's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, well, and you and I have spoken before too about apologetics and we've talked about, because you've been on the Marketplace Mission Trip and done some things with our ministry, but we talked about the balance and trying to keep apologetics a central part of what we do. Why don't you talk a little bit about your passion for apologetics and how that fits? Um, So, Apologetics has a lot, a lot of benefits, and I, I think a lot of times it's a very misunderstood um, thing. People hear the name apologetics, and you know, what does that mean? Does it mean you're apologizing for something? What's yeah. you know, what's the deal? 
the word comes from uh, Greek word apologia, which means a reason defense. And so it's more about um, uh, going deeper and knowing why you believe what you believe. And I, I explained it this way is, you know, a pastor when he's speaking from the pulpit is going to necessarily assume certain things. He's going to assume that the Bible is the word of God, that God exists. I mean, he's not going to spend time proving that God exists from the pulpit to then say this now, if we prove what God is, exists, now we're going to hear what he has to say. He's going to presuppose those things. And, and, uh, but uh, maybe there's people in the church that um, have not really walked through how do we know that the Bible is the word of God? How, do we have good reasons to believe that God exists, that Jesus raised from the dead, that Jesus is the son of God? What are our reasons to, to believe that? And so um, I feel like that um, when someone has walked through that, then their faith, they're much more confident in their faith. They're much more willing to share their faith uh, when they have that confidence too. Uh, but it's not just proof of those things. It's also uh, the background of the Bible. Um, it's also dealing with challenges. I, I think we live in a world uh, where... Uh, the challenges of Christianity, um, either arguments against Christianity are more prevalent uh, than they ever have been. Um, and so, uh, you know, like for, I'll give you an example, the, the um, show West Wing has a, a, a part in there where um, the, someone was a Christian was saying that, you know, God disapproves of uh, the homosexual lifestyle and someone in the show said, well, God also says you shouldn't eat shellfish. So you're violating the Bible every time you eat shellfish and how could you then tell us how to live you know, your life? And so if someone really didn't understand um, how to respond to that argument, I think many Christians don't, um, they could get confused and tied up and that type of thing. A lot of the very difficult objections to Christianity are, are, are seen every day on Facebook and YouTube and that type of thing. And I, I don't think Christians today can um, properly live out their Christian walk without some degree of apologetics, knowledge about apologetics and their lifestyle. Another um, area of apologetics is just, you know, knowing what, um, unbelieving people, uh, what their worldview is and how to respond to that. I think sometimes, uh, again, if you follow you, um, Facebook for five minutes, you see sometimes people are talking past each other and not really understanding what, what they're talking about. And, and also I think when you're more confident in your beliefs, when you're knowledgeable about what arguments people may say, then you're, you're more calm when you can, you can just talk in a reasoned way about, um, you know, things you don't have to get it up to an emotional pitch, you know, level. Uh, and I, I think that that's where, um, like in the book, God space, which I know that you've, you've read and it's very applicable to your marketplace ministry. It's, you know, um, the God space is created by the, the Christian in the moment and the way they approach the non-Christian and the, non-judgmental way, seeking information, um, questioning uh, people. Sometimes I think, um, you know, Christians uh, are within five minutes of talking with someone are trying to get them to say the sinner's prayer. 
Yeah. And and people may not be ready for that right then. You know, you gotta you gotta plant, you gotta water and, that's right. and that type of thing. And and so I think one thing I like about apologetics is it sometimes sets the table. Um it uh it prepares the heart maybe yes. and when you're talking to someone you're just preparing their heart uh they're not really ready in that moment to yeah. give their life to christ but your role is to plant seeds or plant questions in their mind uh, things to think about and so i think apologetics is really good about understanding that and i think is a good place in the um uh, christian uh, study a good amount of christian study should be in apologetics i believe yeah i, th- I agree with you it- I think we live differently to introduce the idea that there's another way of doing this. And then when we get the opportunity to use words, we have to be reasoned and understanding, right? God's space is a great example. Right. He talks about using those wondering statements and, and just engaging people in the dialogue that gets the two of you examining the thought from outside of the thought. It's no longer a personal defensive thing. Right. It's just a, I think sometimes, you know, Christians will, you know, we, we do believe that the Bible is the word of God. Uh, and we're sometimes don't understand how someone could not believe that. So you have someone's unbeliever. It's, it's really kind of, you should, it should be understood that someone who's not a believer is not going to believe that the Bible is the word of God. And, and you can't, if you're, you know, speaking to him in a way, using the Bible as the word of God, as, as a tool to convince them, then you probably are going to be unconvinced. They're, they're going to be unconvinced. And so it's, so how do we, how do we find common ground? How, how do we find a point of contact for um, someone who's outside the faith in the moment? And, and I think, again, apologetics is very good at that. And, and I, again, I, I, I think if someone will grant that the Bible, at least that the Bible is uh, a holy book, then yeah, go. For, I mean, if someone doesn't need apologetics, great, just preach yeah. the gospel to them, you know. But it's awareness that some people are not going to to re- to receive the gospel just offhand, you know. Yeah. And I think the percentage of people who are ready for a gospel presentation is decreasing in our society. I think right. that. Um, yeah, people that maybe, um, you know, I, I had a story where I, um, um, led a person to Christ who had kind of grown up in the church, fallen away, never, I don't think ever really gave his life to Christ. I asked him, he said, no, but he had enough knowledge about Christianity and enough, and he was very sympathetic towards Christianity and, and believing. So he was, he was ready. His heart was ready. White unto harvest, as you would say. And I led him into a gospel presentation, didn't even say one thing about apologetics. But I, I don't think we should be, be assuming that's what we're going to run into all the time. You know, we may run into people that are, that are very far away from that. And, and they're not going to, you're going to have to go back a little further and, and, and uh, show them that uh, God does exist, that Christianity is a, reasonable, is a reasoned faith and, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a, I agree with you. I think most people today don't give the Bible nearly the credibility it had when we were kids or even young yeah. before that, right? The Bible doesn't have the same credibility because it doesn't get the same press. Right. And so you have to kind of work from this. Hey, so we had a little bit of a technical difficulty, but we're back. And so 
the next question I was going to ask was, you know, what was your experience with the marketplace mission trip? What do you remember about taking the mission trip and just tell people your thoughts on it? Sure. Um, I'll start off kind of with my, my general thoughts on the concept of a marketplace mission trip. I, I think it's a great concept in the sense that as all of us, most of Christianity are lay ministers like us, that um, our ministry is at our work. Um, our mission field is those people we are interacting with every day. Um, these, you know, we have relationships with people and we, and we are trusted by people that the Billy Grahams of this world will never ever be able to get an audience with. Right. Yeah. And so I think that's, um, God intends us to use those relationships, you know, for ministry that if we, if we really believe that Christianity is true, then, then we should be sharing it, you know? Right. And so, um, what I, I like about the marketplace um, ministry concept is that it focuses on a certain time that you're going to, um, you're going to, during those days, you're going to focus on ministering to those around you. Now, I'm a real big believer in um, Hen Henry Blackaby's experience in God, where he talks about um, being sensitive to the Holy Spirit, drawing those around you. And mm -hmm. I think that, um, I'm a real big believer in instead of forcing your way in um, to uh, a discussion about religion and Christianity, that responding to statements that people have made that that um, show that this the Holy Spirit is working on their hearts. Um, and so my experiences on that was um, largely that um, not people who were unsaved, but the, the last mission trip that I was on had probably three people that I talked to. It had something to do about whether they were going to church or not. Uh, mm -hmm. one, one woman in particular said, you know, I haven't been to church in years. And, and so when I asked, well, tell me about that. What's, what's going on with that? She talked about being um, hurt by the church and uh, to where she had swore she would never go back. And, you know, um, I kind of said, Hey, it's, you know, you got to let that go. Um, you can't hold on to that. That bitterness doesn't help you or anybody else. You need yeah. to be in church, you know. And I just actually talked to her the other day, and she said that she had started going back to church, and it thanked me for encouraging her to do that. Um, and so another friend of mine uh, had said that uh, they had a disagreement with his wife and where they're going to go, and from the disagreement, they just hadn't gone, you know. And and it was funny, these statements were like, not like I'm drawing it out. It just like, it just came up like, yeah. um, uh, while we're playing golf or, you know, you know, that type of thing. And so I was open to the discussion. And, and so, you know, like we had a group of four and one guy said, you know, I this sit deal with his wife. And so I kind of asked everybody, where, where do you guys go to church? What's your mm -hmm. situation with church? And, you know, that type of thing, very easy, very natural. And, um, you can draw draw people into the conversation in, in a way where there's a lot of trust and, and that type of thing. Not necessarily the people. And I think one of the problems with um, uh, like an area like Tulsa is that there's just a lot of people are already Christians or, um, uh, you know, uh, consider themselves Christians, whether they really are or not, you know, that type of thing. Uh, and so, Unlike other places in, in the um, 
one thing I do like about the way you do things, Mike, is is you get on the calls at night and you hear other people's experiences. Well, it's pretty clear to me that um, people who are not in Tulsa, people are, I think somebody calls like in New York or yeah. New Hampshire. And, you know, clearly the people they worked in were not a different set than mine. They were having a lot different, um, but you get those different experiences. And so I, I think that's a problem with a place like Tulsa is you really probably, you have to probably dig and kind of go out of your way a little bit to, to apply this here because so many people already consider themselves Christian. That's why I try to take the approach of if I can help someone in their Christian walk, uh, there's some people maybe that um, they consider themselves Christians, but their Christianity currently is nowhere, you know, and so helping them and do that. So there's a lot of different angles to it. Um, again, what I like about it is you kind of, you kind of, um, meet people where they're at, you know, a little bit and kind of work with them. Uh, the, there is a concept that you have to be intentional about mission work. You're praying in that day, God opened my eyes to those around me who, who I could minister to. Um, and then having to be intentional. And when you are intentional, it's, it's not a question of whether these conversations will come up or not. They will, you know, it's about preparing yourself for them. And one of the things that I found too, is that normally um, you'll get um, a lot of distractions. You know, you could say the enemy is coming against you. You'll get a lot of distractions during that week that something will blow up. You'll have some crisis or problem right in the middle of the week, you know? And so yeah. I think it's important to, the prayer is very important um, to help uh, focus, even though there's a bunch of stuff going on. I, I think out of the, I think I did three, I've done three marketplace missions and two of them I had major catastrophes happen, you know, during that week, one business, one personal, and then uh, the third one I didn't really have a whole lot of trouble on. So um, that's why I encourage people to, to do it consistently and not just do one, but to, to do them because you never know when um, you never know when that experience is going to happen. Like I said, the, the gentleman I talked about before that I had led to Christ, that was in a, lobby of a hotel um yeah. after a seminar um and so you just you just never know when those are going to happen and and i and what awareness i have with that was is that when the holy spirit is drawing people things happen very quickly and when people's hearts are open you get uh they come to christ very quickly yeah. unlike the people that i've dealt with in um some of the apologetic sets whose hearts are very hard it might take years uh, yeah. To work on them to and many people that that have been in your program have maybe family members whose hearts are very hard they've been working on for years and years and years and it's it's uh it's um very interesting to, to work with someone who again his hearts are open and ready uh and so that's what i encourage yeah. people to what I encourage people to do is approach it that way is that, you know i'm going to be sensitive to where the opportunity really is uh and through the period of of the week that they will be there, you know, absolutely been there every, every time and not to be discouraged if the opportunity is not someone who's, um, never heard of Christ, you know, um, yeah. probably, you know, you're going to run across all types and there, and there's Christians who, uh, another encouragement I'll have is there's people who consider themselves Christians who don't even understand the key tenets of the faith. Yeah. They don't understand the gospel message. They think they're Christian because they went to church, because they uh, are a good person and they do good things. 
And so I would, I would really encourage to ask, you know, the, if, the, if you haven't been through a, um, a gospel message presentation class to maybe go through one or, um, you know, th- there's certain obligating questions that yeah. you, you quickly get there. Like if God were to ask you, why should I let you into heaven? What would you tell him? Yeah. You know, and you can kind of get there pretty quick. And, and I, I think there's just as much value uh, at there. And, you know, someone who thinks he's a Christian, mm-hmm. but has not really done the things to become a Christian, getting them, they're the easiest people to convert, <laughs> you know, to yeah. Christianity because they're already, they're already kind of there, you know, they're just confused, need some help. And so um, I think, again, sometimes when people think mission, mission, they think, um, you know, the, the savage across the world that has never heard of Christ. Yep. And, and it's probably for us, it's not that it's the people Correct. we're talking to every day. You know? Yeah. And, and, and I kind of like, it's a cur- more current marketing term, the micro conversion. There's these, Little yeah. things that we can do to help people move one notch closer to Jesus. And that's my working definition of ministry because right. many of the people that I work with are Christians and several of them are not. And, you know, I don't get to choose who I'm with every day. I work right. with whoever I work with, but right. I can help everybody move a little closer to Jesus. Right. So. Some people need to be challenged. Some people, you know, why would, why do you call yourself a Christian? How is it that you are a Christian? What do you know? And to see where they're at and encourage them, you know. So, um, yeah. uh, you know, again, that maybe there's someone who's, you know, again, not gone to church in a long time, not really engaging with their faith. And that's, yeah. that is just as important. And I wouldn't, I would encourage everybody not to downplay those experiences. Yeah. Well, I'm grateful for you taking part in this and working through us, our technical issues as well. Yeah, not a problem. Um, I'll let you know as this gets posted and once again it's mark tedford with tedford insurance would you share the website and we'll put all this we'll put some links to these things in the show notes too right so it's tedfordinsurance.com is our um our website we have a a linkedin and facebook site so like those as well and we have periodic posts there so um yeah tedfordinsurance.com so thank you very much for taking part in this and thank you for listening listeners and Just remember that you can always take another mission trip at marketplacemissiontrip.com. You sign up for the next one. As we're recording this, another one is starting next week. But as you listen to this, there will probably be one starting in another week or two as well. So thank you very much, Mark, for doing this. And thanks for everyone for listening. Hey, you've been listening to the Follower of One podcast. Follower of One is an online community of people who intentionally follow Jesus every day, at work or wherever we are. Join us at community.followerofone.org. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and share it in your various social media channels. Thanks for listening.